Hello everyone, my name is Awarawanomarin, and this is my channel, Based of Your God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose. The three most important subjects that we can ever learn, talk, or discuss about in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. The subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, What is Man? However, before we get into any of that, I once again have a tune that some of us might enjoy. Once again, the subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, What is Man? In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 21, God said through Isaiah the prophet, This people have I formed for myself, they shall show forth my praise. Now the reason why I'm starting off with this first text is because we as Christians, or better yet all of humanity, must have the understanding that when God created us, in Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26 and 27, He had something in mind. He did not create us so that we could do whatever we wanted, so that we could feel entitled to inherit all of God's blessings and rewards, but not actually have to earn them. He created us so that we could fear Him and keep His commandments. And if anybody is talking about God as somebody who doesn't exist, and that mankind came from apes or anything, that is really false. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, St. Paul had dealt with this matter when he stated, Beware, lest any man spore you through philosophy or vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. You can also read Titus chapter 3 verse 9 and other places all over the Bible. There are, there are other details that God had uh, did when he created us. It wasn't just uh, creating this blob that, uh, you know, maybe poked whole eyes or whatever. No. The Bible has showed us some details of what God had done. For example, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it describes man as being created in God's own image and according to his likeness. Image, in this case, means that we look like God. So, for example, he might have eyes, he might have a mouth, I mean, he might have a nose, or things like that. We can't literally see God. So some of these things, we can't exactly confirm them through um, any external way other than the Bible. But there are some basic things. For example, not even just physical features on our faces or on our bodies or whatever. If, if we have the ability to hear, would God not hear? If we have the ability to see, would He not see? Touch, would He not touch? touch? If we have the ability to know something, would God not know something? So these are the basic things that uh, the Bible has told us about that we share with God. And not only do we, in a form, look like God, but we behave like God. So, for example, we can meet both humans and God and the other spirits can exercise a form of love, justice, wisdom, and power. However, we must understand the spirits at the very top God can execute or demonstrate such attributes at a much, much higher level than we can. Let's take wisdom, for example. God 
can demonstrate an, a, a really much bigger amount of wisdom than we can. So much that if we ever think that we can deceive God into doing anything, we are in fact deceiving ourselves. That's the extent of his wisdom. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. As St. Paul had stated in Galatians chapter 6 and verses 7 and 8, specifically verse 7. Same goes with power. We cannot defeat God in any battle whatsoever. If we ever think that we can overpower God, but God wants to do something, we can jeopardize the plan, take it back to its original state, we are going to be destroyed for it. And God might even turn what we were doing into something that will further his plan. This is not a feeling that we ever want to have. So, if we know that God's will and desire is for us to fear and keep his commandments, and therefore him blessing us, then it's better for us to just go ahead and fulfill that plan and not have to deal with the consequences that come that, that come from failing to comply with such rules as a result of our pride, our pride, our arrogancy, or many other things that might come in the way of our worship to God. Now, when God created man in his own image and likeness, he was perfect, according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, and Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 29. There was absolutely no fault in man, as God has nothing to do with iniquity, according to James chapter 1, verse 13. However, as a result of Satan wanting to sow his own seed in God's creation, we ended up becoming sinners. Eve being deceived by Satan the devil, that what uh, God had said was said for a reason that wasn't actually true. It was for them to, it was for God to sort of teach them how it is to obey him, not to deprive them of knowing the knowledge of good and evil or anything. And Eve cons convinced Adam to do the same thing, and they ended up both becoming sinners. I always like to view it as like a virus. Uh, that came upon them. It was like God uh, was doing his normal thing, but then Satan created a virus for them and put it on Eve and Adam. And because they gave birth to every other human in this world, the virus continued to spread down. However, this virus has a cure, and that is Jesus Christ himself. The ransom sacrifice that he performed is a cure to the loss of eternal life. And if read Romans chapter 5, from verses 12 to 19, in those eight verses, Paul had really explained just as how Adam took away eternal life for everybody, Jesus Christ is restoring it for everybody, but really only for the righteous ones because anybody who does not worship God will not inherit eternal life. They will resurrect, but they will not inherit eternal life. According to John chapter 5 and verses 28 and 29 and many other places all over the Bible. And that was where everything started and Satan continued to build upon that. So now anytime we think of man, iniquity is like the next uh, thing that follows it. But God doesn't want this. He wants man to become a righteous thing that he can really uh, live with and enjoy. So he's creating things new for them. New heavens and any worth. However, you have to worship God properly, as I always keep saying. And I always keep saying it because it is a very important thing that many people don't think of. They learn about God, but they don't actually go in and actually follow what they've learned. Salvation or eternal life is there. It's not in the wisdom. Now, unfortunately, we can't discuss man without going into the vanity of man. Now, this is not really for people who already understand that they are less than they think they are. When we think of the vanity of man, this only really has to do with people who exalt themselves a little more than the, how they actually are. And this is especially for proud people. If you want to fear God, pride should never be in it. 
according to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. But the Bible is really taught about the vanity of man. Remember, God is so big that even if we worship him, even if we're so righteous, it really doesn't mean anything to him. He doesn't need it to survive. We need to sur we need God to survive, but God doesn't need us to survive. And in Job chapter 35, in verses 6 and 7, Job had stated, If thou sinnest, what doest thou against him? If thy transgressions be multiplied, what doest thou unto him? If thou be righteous, what givest thou him? Or what receivest he of thine hand? And in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, Jeremiah the prophet had stated, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. This means that we, can't, once again, we can't survive without God. So we must acknowledge that he is the ultimate being and try to trust in him with all our heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil, as King Solomon had stated in Proverbs chapter 3, from verses 5 to 7. The story of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4 is another good way that we, as Christians, or better yet, once again, all of humanity, can understand why it is really important to see ourselves as vanity when comparing ourselves to God. King Nebuchadnezzar was essentially the king of Babylon. And even though Babylon as a kingdom probably wasn't really as big as maybe the biggest country in this world today, we must understand, compared to other kingdoms, it was massive. And there were many resources, gold, silver, bronze, and all the other things. And King Nebuchadnezzar was so proud of himself that he decided to uh, create statues, some of them up to 90 feet high. 90 feet high, I remember. That's like, uh, I don't know, 15 floors or 10 floors worth of. Uh, building. That was what Nebuchadnezzar was created for who himself. It's not wrong to create such things, but maybe if he was creating it for God, it would be fine. But he was creating it just to honor himself. And he wanted everybody to go ahead and worship that God in order to glorify or sanctify his own name. It's really only God's name that should be sanctified. That's what we're praying for. But Nebuchadnezzar wanted his own name to be glorified and sanctified. And God wanted to teach him a lesson to prove to him and people who would read about him in the future that such things, such pride, is going to be brought down. So, in Daniel chapter 4, the story of the tree being cut down represented King Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom uh, sort of being destroyed. King Nebuchadnezzar, most importantly. He was going to be an animal who would live in the wilderness for the next seven years. But the stump that was left represents his kingdom that wouldn't really be destroyed. It would be somebody else would come into office and, you know, keep it before uh, he would return and, you know, bring things back up. But Nebuchadnezzar had to suffer for his extreme pride. Now, this does not literally mean that, oh, if we don't worship God, maybe he will make us live in the wilderness for the next 25 years or something. No. I mean, come on. Not everybody is going to have to go through such things. But, remember, that's not even the worst judgment. The humiliation is a really big thing. And God can make us even more humiliated than King Nebuchadnezzar was himself by various things. There's no person in this world that God cannot prepare a judgment for. So, if you don't want to belong in that gang or group or category, we have to make sure we see ourselves as vanity. In Psalm chapter 144, in verses 3 and 4, David the psalmist had said, Man is like to vanity. His days was a shadow that passeth away. 
I mean, we shouldn't be seeing ourselves as somebody who is really big or can do a lot to God because really we can't do anything to God. We can't. If we think so, then we can try. But really, once again, God might just take what we did and convert it into something that he can easily just use to further on his own process or his own projects. Now, understanding the vanity of man, we as Christians must understand, therefore, that our life is worthless and we should therefore give it to God. God loves us, of course. Even though our lives don't can't really do anything to him, he still loves us because he's done many things for mankind for the past uh, 6,000 years or so. So if we just give our lives to God, there are many blessings that follow. You have to be like David the Psalmist in Psalms chapter 39 from verses 3 to 8 where he talked about himself being as frail as anything. Now remember, this isn't a servant um, thinking that he's just this worthless guy because he is literally worthless in this world, not to talk about him towards God. But all humans, whether they're kings or servants, they're really the same to God. But King David was not proud of him being a king. He wanted his kingdom to worship God. So in Psalm chapter 39 from verses 3 to 8, David the psalmist was calling himself frail as anything. His days was a hand breath. Even when man is at his strongest point, at his highest peak, he's still nothing to God. It's altogether vanity. We are supposed to see ourselves as this so that we can be humble. God lives with the humble, not with the proud. I'm going to Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. Therefore, if he wants the blessings of God to come upon us, it is not pride that goes in. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. According to Proverbs chapter 16, and verses 18 to 19. Proud people are people who don't think that God exists, but it's not like we can really survive or inherit eternal life if we don't think that God exists. Can we? According to Psalm chapter 14, verse 1, and Psalm chapter 10, verse 4. It's very important we understand this. Now, what man is going to become after the new creation, which I discussed about before in a whole different video, is going to become really good. God is bringing man up to a really good point, and only the righteous ones, of course, because the new creation is leading on to eternal life, but it is, as I've always been saying, only true righteous people who are going to be inheriting such rewards. The Bible talks about man being more precious than gold, silver, bronze, copper, any other precious thing, because things vary precious-wise. But regardless, Man is going to be a really special thing. God is going to remove death, sorrow, crying, pain, sickness, and all those other kinds of things coupled with iniquity away. According to Revelation chapter 21, from verses 1 to 5, Isaiah chapter 65, from verses 17 to 25, and many other places all over the Bible. But such things cannot be brought to mankind without us mankind actually wanting it. Which is why God has continued to advise us to trust that what he is doing is correct. Salvation is ours. It, it, it's created for uh, the spirits in us. But we can only inherit it if we trust that what God is doing is actually going to lead to such a time. In Isaiah chapter 26, verses 2 to 4, that was where God said through Isaiah the prophet, Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. For he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. This clearly makes us to understand. God owns salvation. 
He owns eternal life. He owns the way to the true paradise that we are looking for. However, I can't even stress this enough because this is a mistake that too many people make. It is not the wisdom that God looks at. It is our actual execution of our wisdom. According to John chapter 13, verse 17, James chapter 1, from verses 22 to 25, and many other places all over the Bible. I think it is clear now why it is really important for us, mankind, to see ourselves as something God loves, but something that we can't take too high. In these last days, God is exalting people who are low, humble, and worshiping God, and abasing those people who are exalting themselves when they're not supposed to. Remove the diadem and take off the crown. This will not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. As God had said to Ezekiel the prophet in Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 26, people who are poor and hunger for righteousness are going to be the ones inheriting the kingdom of heaven. According to Matthew chapter 5 and verses 3, 5, and 6. To conclude, what King Solomon had said in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verses 13 and 14 is worthy of us understanding because it is literally the conclusion of the whole matter. He said in those two verses, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. This clearly, and everything else I've said, does not suggest that we as man, whether we're prophets or anything, are above God. We have to accept God's Holy Spirit. We have to believe that what God has to offer is what mankind is really hoping for, whether we like it or not, because salvation and eternal life, coupling them together, is not ours. We will not be able to inherit it if we don't believe that man is vanity to God and we cannot survive without God's help, assistance, and love towards us. And I would like to end my talk on the subject, what is man? To conclude, I once again have a tune that some of us might be familiar with. enjoyed this video hope you learned something most importantly because everybody here everybody in this world whether you're a man a child or a woman you're all considered mankind so everybody is involved in this process of us walking to the path of salvation they can't be ours if we don't realize that we as man we are a special thing to God we are so vanity no matter which way we look thank you for listening oh one more thing if you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.